will please take your Bibles and turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew. We are in Matthew chapter 24 and verses 36 through 51 this morning. Our message series is called Jesus in Jerusalem, and we're currently in a section of Scripture now that is focusing on the return of Christ. And so for five weeks, we're looking at the return of Christ and what Matthew 24 and 25 tell us about that. Last week, we started this section with uh, looking at the signs of Christ's return. Uh, Today, we're going to look at what it means to be ready for Christ's return. Ready for Christ's return. So we're in Matthew 24, and uh, I'm going to read verses 42 through 44 to get us started. Would you please stand with me for the reading of God's word? Matthew 24, beginning at verse 42, the words of our Lord Jesus. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. This is the word of God. Let us pray. Well, dear Lord, as we look at these verses and the verses before it and after it, uh, as we uh, talk about being ready for your return, Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts to hear not only your word, but the voice of your spirit speaking to us. And Lord, if there are parts of our lives that we need to get in order, that we need to shore up to be ready for your return, Lord, help us to know that and to do that. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. So how many of you have ever had that little check engine light go on in your car? How many of you have ever had that little check engine light? Okay, yeah, most of us have had that light go on, right? How many of you have ever ignored that little check engine light? Oh, boy, the hands are going, ignore that little check engine light. That's what happens, right? When it first comes on, we go, oh, my, I, I need to get my car and I need to get it fixed. But, you know, a day or two goes by and you go, I'm still driving, and days turn into weeks, and weeks turn into months, and and then after a while, I mean, you're turning the key, and it's like blinking in your face. You don't even notice it anymore, right? You're just driving along, and you know what? We can be like that when it comes to the signs of Christ's return, right? When we first hear about the signs of Christ's return, we say to ourselves, yikes, Christ is coming back. I better get ready. But then days turn into weeks, weeks turn into months, and after a while, uh, we begin to ignore those signs that are all around us. Here's the truth of the matter. Jesus could return at any time, and therefore we need to get ready now. It's just like that little check engine light. Now, assuming the light isn't faulty, right? That's what we sometimes say. tap it, you know, it's like, ah, it's probably not even working, right? Assuming the light isn't faulty, then you really should take care of things, shouldn't you? You really should get your car checked out right away. Otherwise, you're just riding on borrowed time. Well, when it comes to this thing called life, we are all riding on borrowed time. The signs of Christ's return are all around us. And the question is, will you ignore them or will you be ready when Christ returns? And so that's what today's passage is all about. Jesus just taught his disciples about the signs of Christ's return, right? 
And so very naturally now he moves on to the topic of how we need to be ready for his return. There's an outline in your worship guide. I encourage you to take that out. And I'll use that to follow along with the message. We'll help you to uh, keep pace as we uh, move through these verses together. The first thing Jesus tells us is this. Not everyone will be ready when he returns. Now, last week, we learned that no one is going to miss out on Christ's return, right? His return will be visible to all, but that does not mean that everyone will be ready. And one reason not everyone will be ready is because no one knows exactly when this will happen, right? That's what Jesus says in verse 36. No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. And this verse teaches us that we need to be careful not to over-interpret the signs. You see, the signs are meant to point us to Christ's return. They are meant to prepare us for Christ's return, but they are not meant to pinpoint the exact time of Christ's return. That's what Jesus says here. No one knows the day or the hour, not the angels, nor the Son, only the Father. Now, people sometimes wonder about that middle part, right? Uh, How could Jesus not know the timing of his own return? And the logic goes like this. God knows everything, right? Jesus is God. Therefore, how could Jesus not know? And this is part of the mystery of Jesus becoming a human being. We know that when Jesus became a man, he did not cease to be God, but he did truly become human. And in order to become truly human, Jesus subjected himself to the same limitations that we experience as human beings. Let me give you an example. God is omnipresent, okay? He is everywhere all at the same time. But Jesus in his humanity did what? He limited himself to a human body. He limited himself. In the same way, God is omniscient. God knows everything. But Jesus, in his humanity, chose to limit his knowledge. He chose to learn and grow. Uh, From a child up, just like all human beings learn and grow, he chose to limit his knowledge of certain things, such as the exact timing of his return. People sometimes ask, well, was that limited knowledge, was that knowledge limited to Christ only when he was here on earth? Now that Jesus has risen from the dead, now that he's ascended to the heaven, now does he know when he'll return? And the answer is, we don't know, because the Bible doesn't tell us. We don't know. I think he does, but we don't know. But the point is this. Either way, whether Jesus knows right now or not, the point is this. We don't know, right? That's the point Jesus is making. It's not about him. It's about us. We don't know when Jesus will return. I mean, if Jesus on earth didn't know when he would return, how could we possibly know? Therefore, we must be ready at all times. Now, there are some additional applications for us from this verse. One would be, don't set dates for Christ's return. Another would be, don't believe those who do. Right? Throughout history, people have done this. They've set times and dates for Christ's return. And they all have one thing in common. They were all wrong, right? 
They were all wrong, and of course they were wrong. Jesus told us in advance that they would be wrong. No one knows exactly when Christ will return. Next, Jesus compares our present situation, the days we're living in right now, he compares our present situation to the days of Noah. Look at verses 37 through 39 with me now. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. Up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. So people weren't ready for the flood in Noah's day, were they? It's not like they couldn't have been prepared. I mean, they, they knew something was going on. Noah's building the ark, right? You know, just like there are signs for us today. They had signs that this was going to happen. But you see, they kept living their lives as though nothing would ever change. And so when the flood finally came, it was too late for them. You've all heard the phrase, history repeats itself. And that's what Jesus says here. He says, you know, at the time of his return, it's going to be just like the days of Noah. You know, they saw Noah pounding on the ark. Well, the signs of Christ's return are all around us. But people will keep living their lives as though nothing will ever change. And so when Christ comes, it will be too late for them. Just as people were not ready for the flood, they will not be ready for Christ's return. And then Jesus goes on to say that some will be taken and others left. Look at verses 40 and 41 now. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill. One will be taken and the other left. Now, there are actually a couple of different interpretations of what this word taken means here. One will be taken and the other left. In the first interpretation, those who are taken, the ones who are taken, these are the ones who are ready, okay? These are believers in Jesus Christ. They are taken to be with Jesus, and they are spared the coming judgment upon the earth. In this interpretation of the word taken, uh, uh, looks back to verse 31 and and says the taking of the believer. This is similar to the gathering of the elect in verse 31. So that's one interpretation. There's another interpretation of this, though, uh, where those who are taken are the ones who are not ready. And you go, well, how does that work, right? They're the ones who are not ready because they are taken away in judgment. This looks back to the word taken in verse 39 that we just read. When the flood came, the people were taken away in the flood. And so some people believe that word taken means taken away in judgment. Now, I I really like the first interpretation best. Uh, Those who are taken are believers. They are taken to be with Jesus. For one thing, that word that says taken away in the flood, completely different word from here in verses 40 and 41. Uh, You would never sort of connect those together if you're reading it in the original language. The second thing is this, this word here in verses 40 and 41, one will be taken, the other left. The word taken here, it's a word that means to be received or welcomed even. And so you could almost you know, translate it, two men will be in the field, one will be welcomed and received, the other will be left. Two women will be grinding, one will be taken and received, welcomed and received, the other left. 
And so that, that just seems to me that, that makes more sense to take it. Those who are taken are those who are welcomed and received into the Lord's presence as we meet him in the air. What we see in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. But you know what? Either way, I mean, you might hold the other interpretation. That's great. Because either way, the point here is the same, isn't it? We don't have to know which way it is. Here's the point. When Christ returns, God will make a distinction between those who are ready and those who are not. And Jesus shows us how personal this all is. It says two men in the field, one's taken, the other left. Two women sitting right across from each other, working on that handmill, probably talking and chatting. One's taken, one's left. The singer Larry Norman wrote a popular song about these verses called, I Wish We'd All Been Ready. And he takes these verses and he sort of paraphrases it uh, this way. And you know, he sings, A man and wife asleep in bed. She hears a noise and turns her head. He's gone. I wish we'd all been ready. Two men walking up a hill. One disappears, and one's left standing still. I wish we'd all been ready. There's no time to change your mind. The sun has come, and you've been left behind. It's haunting, but it reminds us that each of us will stand alone before God in that day. When you stand before God, it will not matter who your parents were. It will not matter who you were married to. It will not matter what church you attended. The only question that will matter is, do you know Jesus? Are you trusting Jesus as your Savior? So that's the first teaching from our passage this morning. Jesus teaches us, not everyone will be ready when Christ returns. Now, the second teaching follows logically from the first. The second teaching says, make sure that you are ready then, right? Once again, Jesus is making this very personal, and he takes that first teaching and applies it to each and every one of us. If not everyone will be ready when Christ returns, then make sure that you, make sure that you are ready. There are basically two things he tells us here. First of all, he says, keep watch because you do not know when. Keep watch. Look at verse 42. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day our Lord will come. Now, last week we looked at the signs of Christ's return and we learned there that the signs Jesus gave about his return, they're general enough and they are progressive enough that Jesus really could come back at any time. And because he could come at any time, Jesus says, keep watch. He says, keep watch, because you do not know when. Now, when I was a young boy, I used to watch for my dad to come home from work. And I never knew exactly when he was coming home. It was a long commute and, you know, traffic. You just never knew. Did he leave the office early? Did he leave the office late? But I knew the signs. I knew the signs. When the sun started going down, it started getting dark, and mom's cooking supper on the stove, I knew that his coming was near. 
And so I positioned myself at the kitchen window, and I looked straight down the street, just waiting for his car to come. We lived on a dead-end street, so there wasn't a lot of traffic. And, you know, every time a car would turn up and I'd see the headlights, I'd like, oh, oh, it's just a neighbor. And like, oh, not another neighbor. And then finally it would be his car, and he'd come up, and he'd turn into the driveway. You see, I knew the sign said he would come home soon. But I didn't know the exact time, so I kept watch by the window. Let me ask you, how often do you think about Christ's return? You know, the signs tell us that his return is near. Are you keeping watch? When you see clouds in the sky, whether you're out for a walk or driving, you see clouds in the sky, do you think of Christ coming with the clouds? Do you long for his return? Do you wake up each morning and say, good morning, Lord, and they go, oh, you know what, it could be today. Today could be the day. You see, that's the first thing Jesus tells us in this section. He says, keep watch, because you do not know when. And then Jesus says, be prepared, because he will come like a thief in the night. Look at verses 43 and 44. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready. Because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. You see, a thief in the night is something completely unexpected, right? If you knew when the thief was coming, if he called you up and made an appointment, or you somehow overheard his plans in advance, I'm going to be there at 3.35 a.m., okay. You know, you wouldn't be caught sleeping, would you? You'd be ready. You'd be prepared, you'd be armed, or you'd have police at your house. But whatever, that thief is not going to make it into your house, is he? In the same way, Jesus says, we need to be prepared for his return. He will come in at a time when we do not expect him. So Jesus says, not everyone will be ready for his return. That was point number one. Point number two, so make sure that you are ready. Keep watch. Be prepared. And then finally, Jesus closes out our passage with a parable. uh, The parable of the two servants. First, he speaks of the faithful and wise servant. And we see this in verses 45 to 47. Who then is the faithful and wise servant? Whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time. It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. I tell you the truth, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. And there are two things here that, uh, which distinguish the faithful and wise servant. First of all, he is found doing his duties when the master returns. In this case, this particular servant, his responsibility was to take care of the other servants, make sure that they got food and at the right time. Jesus says, it's going to be good if when the master comes home, that's exactly what that servant is doing. And then secondly, he is rewarded greatly. Jesus says, I tell you the truth, he, the master, will put him in charge of all his possessions. That's the faithful and wise servant. Then Jesus goes on to describe the wicked servant, verses 48 through 51. But suppose that servant is wicked. 
and says to himself, my master is staying away a long time. And he then begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him at an hour he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. As with the faithful and wise servant, there are two things that distinguish the wicked servant. First of all, unlike the faithful and wise servant, the wicked servant is found neglecting his duties when the master returns. He notices the master has not returned right away, and, and so he kind of begins to let things slide. Maybe it just happens a little bit at first, but over time he's not doing his duties at all. In fact, it gets worse. He begins to beat his fellow servants. He's hanging out uh, with the drunkards. And you see, that's the problem. Once you stop watching, once you stop watching, the master's return will always catch you off guard. The wicked servant is found neglecting his duties. When the master returns. And then secondly, unlike the faithful and wise servant who is rewarded greatly, the wicked servant is punished along with the hypocrites. And this whole being cut into pieces is a really gruesome image, but just an image of punishment, of the harsh punishment that awaits those who have not prepared themselves, who have not put their faith in Christ, of hypocrites, of those who've pretended but they've never really receive Jesus into their hearts. The weeping and gnashing of teeth, it's an image of that painful guilt and regret that will plague those who were not ready when Christ returns. And even though we've called this parable the parable of the two servants, I want you to notice something. There's really only one servant in the parable. Did you catch that going through? There's really only one servant. And that servant is either faithful or unfaithful. In other words, Jesus is saying, you, you are the servant. Master's been gone for a while. How will you conduct yourself while he is gone? What will the master find you doing when he returns? Will you be ready for his return? Or will you not? In closing, let me share with you three ways that you can make yourself ready for Christ's return. First of all, know Jesus, okay? That's the most important one of all. You need to know Jesus. You need to trust him as your Savior. You see, now is the time of grace and opportunity. Now is the time when the gospel call goes forth and all who put their faith in Jesus are saved. When Jesus returns, that window of grace, that window of opportunity, that window will close. So don't wait until it's too late. Put your trust in Jesus today. That's the first thing you need to do to make yourself ready for Christ's return. Know Jesus. And then secondly, number two, know the signs. Right? That's what Jesus taught first. He taught the signs. That's what we looked at last week. Know the signs of Christ's return. False teachers, check. Wars and rumors of wars, check. Earthquakes, famines, pandemics, 
check, right? Okay, the check engine light is blinking, folks. The signs are all around us, so keep watch. Watch for Christ's return every day. Know the signs, keep watch, and be prepared. And then thirdly, live obediently. We need to live every day as though Jesus is returning today. Because Jesus could return today. Jesus could return at any time, and so we need to live obediently as faithful and wise servants of Christ. As we said earlier, we're all riding on borrowed time, right? So don't be like the people in Noah's day, the ones who carried on their lives as though nothing would ever change. Don't be like the person who was caught unexpectedly by the thief in the night. Don't wait until it's too late. Know Jesus. Know the signs. Live obediently. Be faithful and wise servants of Christ. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this amazing passage of Scripture uh, that puts us on notice, that puts us on guard, that reminds us that you did not teach us all of those signs last week so that we could just store that away and say, okay, now I know that, but there's a purpose. You've taught us the signs so that we would make ourselves ready. And Lord, I pray if there's anyone here today or anyone watching online who does not know you as their Savior, that today would be the day that they would be ready so that if you return later today, they will go to be with you. They will be welcomed and received into your presence. And Lord, I pray for those of you who do know you, who have trusted you as Savior. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be watching and waiting in living our lives in such a way that when you return, you will find us living in a way that is pleasing to you. Lord, we want to be faithful. We want to be wise. Help us to be ready for your return. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.